1: I fucking love this movie so much. (laughs) Like, not even ironically, I love this movie.
0: This was my first time seeing it.
2: Me too.
1: Maxwell, what about you?
2: I fucking love this movie. (laughs) Yes! This movie was just so fascinating to me as a child, and now I actually view it as a camp masterpiece.
0: Yes. And an
2: icon of fuck you studio culture. Yes. Uh. uh, it's, it's so good. Wonderful.
1: And hopefully Kate and Brad will be brought into that fold of undying adoration of this movie.
2: <laughs> we'll see. I wonder if seeing it as a kid and it being just like maybe something that I saw maybe a little too early, a little a slightly earlier than I should have made it like I mean this movie is just so weird at any age this movie is so weird. This
1: movie is fucking out there. It personifies Zany.
2: There's an electric gremlin. An electric <laughs> gremlin. Like and he took a shot to get their drink a potion and it became electric. Like what
1: Of course. Yeah. A potion with a lightning bolt on it.
2: Yeah. Animals with such strict rules. Get to just drink potions and have weird powers.
1: That's a liquid, right? No
2: no science, <laughs> no rules. All they should out the
1: have window. been bubbling up gremlins from the inside after drinking it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Also true. And okay, I know it's a little old hat to discuss like the flaws in like gremlin rules, but I will say, how the hell are creatures that are afraid of bright lights <laughs> ever able to exist on a TV set? Or
1: in New York City, the
0: city that never sleeps. (laughs) Is there a threshold?
2: Yeah, it's not like they're
3: in a cave, they're in rooms with light.
0: All right,
1: Brad. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's
3: already happening. It's already happening. I'm going to be attacked throughout this podcast. Guys,
1: we are here for Gremlins 2 with our two very special guests and friends of ours, Brad Davis and Chris Maxwell from High on Film. Kate needs her intro. Kate, go for it. Give us a summary.
0: We're ready to uh start talking about this movie. Oh god, straight into summaries. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to mess around. We just need all of the time to talk about all of these Gremlins hijinks. So Gremlins 2, the new batch, came out in 1990. The plot gets kicked off with Gizmo getting kidnapped and brought into this newly erected skyscraper that houses an evil lab and some corporate development trying to gentrify Chinatown that happens to employ Billy and Kate from Gremlins 1. When Billy figures out, what a coincidence! They only had the budget for one set. Billy is trying to keep Gizmo under wraps, uh, but of course the rules get broken and Gizmo starts spawning a whole bunch of little gremlin buddies. And the couple needs to try and stop these creatures from escaping into New York City proper because this new batch might be a little difficult to contain. Thank you. There you go.
1: There it is.
0: Doesn't that sound hilarious? I think this movie is like so much fun funnier than like even its premise like can be relayed it's so good
2: well isn't it joe dante didn't want to do a sequel the studio was like no you're making a sequel if you ever want to work <gasps> wait again. really and he was like fine fuck you i am making this the stupidest thing ever well not maybe not the stupidest thing but he's like i want to make a camp comedy master it
3: is six years later yeah
2: exactly it is isn't it
0: mm-hmm. it's six years later and he has a quote where he said that he imagined Gremlins 2 as a satire of Gremlins and sequels in general. So uh, yeah. he was like, I just want to spoof like this sequel culture, this merchandise culture. And I mean, I love that he even got one of the negative critics of Gremlins 1 to come and do a little cameo. Yes. In Gremlins 2. A
2: great <laughs> critic, by the way. Leonard Bolton is a G. He's a great, great critic.
3: Yes, that scene's terrific. I was so I loved that scene so much. I was like, "This is great!" Now you got me.
1: Now you. <laughs> they got really me. break the fourth fucking wall in this movie a lot.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> pretty it amazing. Is. So so many best parts. Bit characters doing cameos. I mean, this cast. Yes, let's talk about the cast. <laughs> tons of reprisals from the first one, and then just a laundry list of people doing cameos or bit parts. So good, Megan. Where do you want to start?
1: We should start with the main cast, Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates return as our two main characters. Side note to the audience, again, this is not the movie where Phoebe Cates takes her top off. Just so you know. Yeah, this isn't that one. But she's in it.
2: Everyone coming to Gremlins 2 being like, this is the famous scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> I to
1: It's Gremlins
2: 2, the new batch, right? <laughs>
1: Howie Mandel, uh, 80s favorite. He returns as gizmo with his little squeaks. Bobby from Bobby's World. Yeah. We have Key Luke again as Mr. Wing. Uh, he gets bamboozled a bit. Actually, like, physically bamboozled, I guess you could say, <laughs> by Clamp.
0: Properly bamboozled.
3: Physically bamboozled. I and like
0: deadified. <laughs> Christopher Lee is in this movie.
3: He is for, like, 10 minutes. It,
0: yeah, I mean, we've had Christopher Lee come up this is what the third movie that we've had Christopher Lee in. Oh. Okay. Um, what,
4: yeah.
2: are, what have you done with Christopher Lee?
0: Wickerman. Well, in Vampires. Oh, yes. Vampires, yeah. of
2: course. Oh, and Wickerman. I've never seen Wickerman.
0: Oh, really? Yes. He's he's in the yeah. OG Wickerman and he of course played Dracula or yes. Nosferatu in eight different many, many movies <laughs> times across his career. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is where he thrives. He thrives in B movies.
0: You can tell that
2: he he, he works, he loves this. working in horror. Yeah yeah wait as dr catheter
1: (laughs) that's right yes dr catheter is
2: that what his name is (laughs) they say it 10 times
0: i know and i missed it i gotta watch (laughs) it again
2: Uh, yeah
3: i didn't even pick up on that
0: it feels like such a john waters like name for a character (laughs) christopher lee
2: would fit right in in a john waters film by the way Totally,
0: absolutely what a missed opportunity yeah
2: missed opportunity i'll 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 write an email too late now is it i don't think it is
0: He's dead. Oh, he's dead. Christopher Lee? Come Come on, Maxwell. emailing Christopher Lee? Yes.
3: Today? He died years ago and he was like in his 90s. I'm so sorry to
0: break this to you. Oh, my God, He was a very old man.
2: When was
3: Lord of the Rings, made? I'm sorry. Like 10 years
1: ago? This movie's like 30
3: plus years old. (laughs) He looks old in this. in Lord of the
2: Rings. That's, yeah. I
1: think it was like 15 years ago.
2: (laughs) Sorry. That's when the clock stopped for me. I don't count time after the third Lord of the Rings movie.
3: That's your breaking point. That's your cutoff.
2: Yeah.
1: Dick Miller and Jackie Joseph both return as the Futtermans. Two side characters you would not have predicted would need to be featured again.
3: He's fun. I mean, they're both fun.
1: Well, okay. Dick Miller is one of the characters that has an arc.
3: 100%.
1: Robert Prosky plays the Dracula. Yeah, I guess he's a Dracula in this.
2: Last action hero.
1: (laughs) He's like an old familiar face.
2: He's a kind Santa Claus face. He almost reprises his role in Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Oh, man.
2: He's the dinosaur guy, right? In Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, totally. God, that's
3: so right. Oh, that was bugging me too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I would say this is not a bit role. Ged Watanabe, did I say that right? Geddy Watanabe. Geddy Watanabe plays the photographer. He is from Breakfast Club, uh, not Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. He's uh, another stereotype in this movie. (laughs)
0: But also, he
1: has an arc.
2: He does have an arc for being a very racist stereotype.
0: Does the end justify the means? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. He has an arc. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's get back to this arc thing later. (laughs) If
1: the audience could see me emoting with my body, they would know I was being sarcastic. good for a podcast. But we need to move on to bit roles in this movie because there's there's a few bit roles (laughs) that I wanted to call out. Uh, Number one was Julia Sweeney. She plays the receptionist. She plays Pat on SNL. Yeah, that's Pat. So iconic. Two actors from Breaking Bad have little bit roles in this movie. Did you guys catch them?
3: I saw Dean Norris's name in the... I didn't even see Dean Norris. He's one of the last names, though, in the credits. And I saw his name. I was like, damn it, I missed Dean Norris. He's a
1: SWAT guy. He's a SWAT guy at the end. Did you catch the other one, anybody? Raymond Cruz, uh, who played, was it Tuco? Oh, okay. is that oh yeah. yeah, Tuco. I think, yeah. He's he's the messenger. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Wow. totally. Yes.
1: He is. At
3: the beginning, that is definitely Tuco. Shit, I can't believe that I didn't think it <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was like, I just seen this a bunch.
1: <laughs> he's a little baby. <laughs> he's <laughs> a baby. So adorable. Yeah. All right. Last one that I caught was um, from The Wire. Did you guys catch the guy from The Wire? Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is a firefighter.
2: Oh, very cool.
1: Yeah. So mm. good Good crop of bit roles in this movie. See, this movie really propelled people to their success.
0: Um, Megan, you're leaving out one of the biggest ones. Which one? Which is Hulk Hogan.
1: Oh, well, let me get to my next category, which is just special guests. Oh, my gosh. It's a category? special <laughs> guest <laughs> category.
4: Oh, special okay. Guest we, okay. Guest we already category. talked Great. about
1: Leonard Malton. He makes a special guest appearance they're they're more like fourth wall kind of well actually that's not true um <laughs> we have leonard malton that's He's the a next fo- category yeah, no, i'm done after this category i promise
2: cameos i like that these are all categories <laughs>
1: there's a special appearance by rambo of course and <laughs> a special appearance Structure. by jerry goldsmith famous composer who ruined the legend soundtrack did you guys catch his scene in this movie no, he's at the salad bar. I wouldn't know. Yeah, to look no, for him. I wouldn't either. But uh, he's not. at the salad bar, and he's he's there when the gremlins ruin the salad bar. So, mm. any other special cast members to call out, or did I catch them all?
2: Uh, Tony Randall is the brainy gremlin. Oh, he voices cool. the brainy gremlin. Uh,
1: did you did you guys watch WWE? Well, it was WWF at the time, but. Hulk Hogan was like a cultural icon at that time. It's just so it fucking was. weird to see him in this movie.
3: He's so famous at this time. I didn't I didn't really watch wrestling, but I did like some of his other movies. Like he's, he's in a in Rocky's movie. movie. There's oh, a movie wow. where he's like a na- did Mr. You just
0: say that and we would believe it.
3: And there's Mr. There's a movie where he's a nanny with Christopher Lloyd.
1: I feel like they were trying to make him like another version of Arnold
2: I feel like he wanted to be in the version of Arnold more than they they wanted him to be.
3: He tried to be the rocker John. What the Rock and John Cena had become, kind of.
2: Well, Rock and John Cena and Dave Batista kind of broke that glass ceiling for WWE wrestlers. Yeah, Dave Batista too.
1: Maxwell, did you have this on VHS or DVD?
2: I did not. Gremlins, both Gremlins movies were were treats for me. That I I saw uh, initially and then had to like either see them on like Halloween or something when friends would show them at houses or like catch them on cable later in my life when we had cable channels.
1: I had this on VHS and I watched it regularly. (laughs) And that scene where we see Hulk Hogan, that was actually for the theatrical release. Yeah. The VHS had its own version of that scene. It's totally different. It's Hulk Hogan is not on the VHS. When I saw this for the first time after I purchased it as an adult, I was like, what is this? Where's the scene where the gremlins are fucking with the VHS tape? It's like the gremlins are like messing around with the actual tape on a VHS and they're doing like bunny and like duck, whatever, like hand puppets. Shadow shadow puppets? puppets. That's pretty much it. That's what they do. They do that and then it cuts to like a screen. You know...
2: I watched this a couple years ago, when like for the first time in a long time, like maybe three to five years ago. And I swear I did not remember that scene. And it's only now coming back to me that you're saying this. Because I was like, oh, Hulk Hogan's in this? I was like, oh, I don't remember this. But I was like, this is very funny. And I didn't doubt it because there was a lot of other things I didn't remember. But that one specifically, I was like, "I Hulk Hogan is pretty memorable. Yeah. I was like, I'm surprised I don't remember this, but oh, that makes so much more sense to me now.
1: I had to look it up because I was like, why did they change it after the fact? Like, cause I felt like I had seen this as a child and I had seen it one way. And now all of a sudden there's Hulk Hogan. Like what? Like when did that happen? And it was, that was their intent. They had a different scene there for whether you watched it at the movies or whether you watched it at home.
2: Cool. Awesome. Love it.
1: So we have covered the cast. It's pretty extensive.
0: What should we talk about next? This one's so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is goofy. You're right. I want to talk Great about segment. how silly, silly this one is.
1: <laughs> okay, let's talk about how silly it is. It's very silly.
0: I was not expecting a Warner Brothers animation intro.
3: Totally agree. For the first minute, I was like, did I put on the wrong movie?
2: Hilarious. <laughs>
0: I am the same actually. <laughs>
2: outro. Did you stay for the post credits?
1: Of course I did. I,
0: I was going to leave and Megan and I were texting as we were watching it because she knew it was my first time and she wanted to guide me through it and she was like don't you dare fucking leave like the credits <laughs> are very important for this movie. So I did stay but and watch it. But they the really aren't. They're it's, not. Just it's just Daffy Duck doing some throwaway lines.
2: With Porky. Porky makes an appearance. Oh he
1: does, yeah, yeah, that's right at the very end. Yeah. It's, yep, I it's just it. part of the whole like vibe of this movie looney tunes right the gremlins act like looney tunes even though they're not cartoons
2: one gremlin dresses up just like female bugs bunny like i guess maybe like 80s 90s quote-unquote ideal woman <laughs> <laughs> like jessica rabbit like red yes. sequin dress bright red lipstick hourglass red figure. hair red hair is interesting Maybe red that's hair the was so gene? popular
1: yeah. during like 80s 90s yeah yeah
2: red who framed red roger rabbit's like,
3: 87
0: right yeah 89 we're honing in on a, a runner.
3: <laughs> yeah we're, we're working there
0: there is so
1: much zany gun violence in this movie
0: yeah, why do people not react to guns? Like every time a gun gets pulled in this <laughs> well, movie, I'm like, I'm like, people should Kate. be concerned and they're just kind of like, oh, there's a gun out again. Guns were just funny.
1: I, I feel like it's a lot more pronounced now. That that joke isn't funny anymore. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was funny in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, maybe up
3: till nine, maybe up until nine. Or I'm um, sorry, Columbine. I feel like Columbine maybe changed that a little bit.
1: Right. And it's just so funny how it's used as, like, a throwaway gag so many times in this movie. The gremlins shooting each other. There's that cop who comes down and finds Billy. Uh, he's just hanging out in some, like, dank hallway <laughs> and pulls a gun on him. Like, it's nothing. And Billy is, like, not phased by this at right. all. That's he's what I like...
0: mean, is, like, the characters have guns pulled on them, and then they're just continuing yeah. to go about their business. That's what I mean.
2: I mean, that is, that's, I mean, that's from an overload of action movies in the 80s, right? Like action and cop movies were just all the rage in the 70s and the 80s. And it's just like, it's pulling a gun's not a threat in 1990 in a movie. It's, it's a, it's a plot device. It's a heightening of stakes, but you know, your hero's not going to die. You know, I mean,
0: Mm. how many
2: times are guns pulled in movies from 85 to 92 without, so any much. regard for anything
0: that's so true and it's funny to just see it in comparison to like a guy getting stuck in a revolving door like he's like this movie like, <laughs> so yeah they're like ridiculous they're using it as like the same type of like humor in this movie so it's like kind of funny like watching it for the first time in 2022 but it is but it is funny
2: <laughs> so does looney tunes Elmer Fudd yes. walks around yes. shooting Daffy yeah. Duck in the face and he just gets all sooty faced and.
1: Fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like what they're positing. It's fucking it's hilarious. True. Yes, yes,
2: they are. 100%. <laughs>
1: but um, there is some actual slapstick stuff that happens in this movie.
2: Yeah. Wait, okay. So while we're talking about the goofy and slapstick here, does this movie end with Forrester having sex with the female gremlin? Oh
0: my grandma? God. 100%. That's
2: yeah, like definitely. the last scene.
0: May- maybe a blow okay. blowjob.
2: It's job. not even, I don't, don't
3: even think that's in question.
2: What a gag to go out on is that guy <laughs> is going to be raped by the female gremlin, I guess? He's like,
4: okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he does. I'll he kind of gives
2: eyes rape. like, all right. Yeah. I
1: haven't gotten laid in a while.
2: It's been a long day.
1: I was telling Zach how uncomfortable that last scene makes me at, at, in that movie. Like, I don't like how he's considering this. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs>
3: It's a weird scene. It's a weird scene, especially because obviously she's already
2: kissed him quite a quite a bit. And he breaks the fourth wall to let us know, hey, I'm going for it hey, this time. Why not? <laughs> yeah.
1: You see I'm stuck in the bathroom for a few hours. i
2: resisted, road. but no longer.
1: <laughs> I mean he could like take her she's so small, he could take her and smash her fucking head under like the toilet seat. If they're real toilets, he can smash the porcelain over her and get away from her, but he'd rather just have a blowjob, which I guess oh. is what guys want right guys
2: i mean i'm sure that choice has been made before
1: well
3: i i mean he obviously makes a choice he's entitled to his choice i mean it's a little stockholm syndrome syndrome if for my days they're like well he's a little stuck in this situation nice deferment
1: brad she is sentient and she's saying it's okay so i guess it's okay she's initiating she's more than
2: consenting (laughs) I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah,
3: the way. that was a big. That, that was something we had. To, we had. To if this was your guys' address. show,
1: that would be all of our top worst scenes. I think of
4: the movie. Yeah, no. it would be up there. I don't yeah, know. that would have probably been a top three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just sitting here wondering how many people have Googled like Gremlin Pussy after watching this movie. Like probably oh not my God, none. The porn. <laughs> Who's gonna do
2: it so we can all know someone's gonna
3: fan fiction? Here it comes.
1: I love uh, the way the gremlins revel in killing each other <laughs> and messing awesome. with each other.
2: Cuz they're just agents of chaos.
0: Yeah. They don't care. The they chaos don't care. is my like favorite part of this movie. I like that a solid at least third of this movie is just like now we've entered the phase of Gremlins Anarchy, and it's just gonna be like <laughs> not even a montage, but just like gremlin after gremlin after gremlin, like getting into trouble and mayhem.
2: Just like throwing each other in blenders and microwaves, which in the first one is like some of the best and like most, uh, maybe not scary, but like action packed scenes. And in this one, it's like the gremlins are just doing it to each other for laughs. And it's <laughs> really great.
1: Yeah, we get a nice callback to the original kitchen scene with um, Marge cooking with Marge when the gremlins fuck up her show and she's like they're putting metal in the microwave you can't do that
2: we know Mark. gremlins speaking of gremlins hurting each other i love i ju- and, and the goofiness i love acid do not throw in face on label
4: <laughs> just as if throwing it on your
2: <laughs> chest or arms would be fine just Please not the face, and then because Phantom of the Opera is the biggest thing going right now in 1990. Right. The Phantom of the Opera masks up.
0: Amazing!
1: It's very Acme. That went over my head a bit, right? The only on face part,
2: (laughs) right? And just the only other thing on the label, not just acid colon.
4: Do not throw in face.
1: Laboratory (laughs) went over my head as a kid. I was like, oh,
0: there's a spider on it. Of course, this gremlin turns into a spider. That's why it's. I love the lab. It's so good. Yeah, this movie goes up and down the ladder for age appropriateness. I love it.
2: (laughs) It was great for kids in 1990 before we understood. Maybe kids shouldn't watch some of this stuff, but.
1: Oh, I would let my kid watch
2: this. Oh, me too. 100%. (laughs) How young? 13.
3: 13? Yeah. Okay, 13.
2: 12? 10 if they're really interested in horror? 9? I'd say 8. I'm going to go with 8. I'll go 8.
0: I'll go eight and up.
2: Who's got seven? (laughs) Who's got
0: seven? uh, Maybe five.
2: (laughs) I'll do four. Wow.
0: The first gremlins was one of the instigators for the PG-13 rating. Shut up. Really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Steven Spielberg um, appealed to the MPAA to add PG-13 based on Indiana Jones and gremlins. Yep. Hmm. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Everyone credits Temple of Doom, but it's actually, it's 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 a bunch of things. Temple of Doom was the biggest one. I didn't one know that. Because, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Gremlins
0: was, yeah. yeah good go. call. I like how self-aware this movie is.
3: That's some of the best parts for me, too.
0: I am, like, such a sucker for good meta humor. One of my favorite scenes is that scene where they, as an adult,
1: I don't think I cared as much as a kid, but as an adult, one of my favorite scenes is when they are in the monitoring room, and the two workers there are questioning billy on like well how do gremlins work what happens if they get on a plane and there's a time and i'm like thank (laughs) you this is so funny like this is like the audience right like questioning everything about these movies and the gremlins are just like fuck you we're gonna eat your fucking face we don't want to talk about this
2: <laughs> gremlins 2 is doing the eight mile thing to gremlins being like we'll criticize it first before you can
3: is that the scene where he's uh, where they say um well if you're going to cocoon you need to eat, eat a little something 1st th- that line got me so good i <laughs> i probably laughed harder at that line than anything in
2: the movie like that's perfectly dickish yeah, it was that was all the criticisms of like gremlins, right? And the rules, I should say. Yeah.
0: I also love Phoebe Kate's uh, traumatic story getting interrupted this go-around. So funny. Lovely callback. We're
2: doing the Terrific. top five comedic and horror horrific moments, right?
1: Yeah, we're doing <laughs> it's or top three. Oh, I mean three? Okay. we could easily be top five, but well, but yeah. we're doing top three. But yes, okay. we are. So are we
3: talking comedy? I mean, there's there's some funny scenes.
1: Yes. The fucking elevator drop.
3: Oh, that is—that seems very good.
1: They're like happy to get squished. They just want to see the elevator drop and scare her.
2: Yeah, I love them mocking her
1: yeah, when she's like, "Sound the alarm!" and it's the fucking gremlins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's They're like so half funny. dead, <laughs> just making an alarm sound. Like, oh, it's so good.
1: What a bunch of dicks.
2: I know, right? Gremlins, agents of chaos.
1: We haven't talked. Stereotypes. Oh yes, there's quite a few stereotypes in this movie. Let's please
0: talk about how disgusting New York looks. Is this what it was actually like? (laughs) It's so dirty. Yeah, you guys tell us. I
1: think so. I've never been to New York.
2: Yes, I I believe in the 70s and 80s, New York was at a crime high and dirt low, and that's why we love like Ed Koch and Giuliani and stuff for starting to clean up Times Square and which we now know is just pushing out all the homeless people.
0: I thought that by 1990 that New York would have been a little bit more cleaned up. Like if this was set in like the seventies or eighties, I would have like totally understood why there were piles of garbage and just stray dogs. Like just in this movie, there's just like stray dogs like around. And I was like, I, I know
2: it seems 70. negligible, but <laughs> I believe it's I, 1990 is still, I, I feel like even culturally is still very eighties. Okay. And I don't think Times Square really did, like, and the cleanup was hard and fast. Like, I think maybe three years and they turned it around. And I think that happened in the mid-90s. From from my recollection, which is, you know, shoddy because I was a child. But, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, like, 93 to 98 was, like, Times Square became, like, what it is today rather than Mm. a porno theater (laughs) laden strip of New York that you just don't go to other than on New Year's Eve.
0: It's so funny then that this feels very like gremlins take New York right it's like gremlins in the big city because I mean what even is the name of the city in gremlins one it's just like a nameless small town location and then here they're like the glamour of the big city and then of course they like just stay inside of a skyscraper the whole time they don't actually like really get out into the city much in this uh
2: bat gremlin oh
0: back it's kingston falls kate (laughs) i'm sorry
2: (laughs) i was gonna say they named the town i know they do
1: (laughs) i like how there's there's also a flasher gremlin that's very (laughs) new york right especially
3: (laughs) in the Early '90s.
2: But circling back to the stereotypes, they also really stereotype New Yorkers as well as the city as like rude fucking assholes who have no time His for boss? anybody, which is still kind of true. But
1: <laughs> nobody stops to help the Futtermans. <laughs> no,
3: so that sad. scene is insane because he's fighting a gremlin and everyone's walking by like, "Hey, look! Hey, sorry, I'm walking here. What are we doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "What, guys?"
1: I don't care about <laughs> no flying gargoyle. What,
3: you freak out, flying. Future Gargoyle. Oh, that I hated that scene, Brad. That was my oh, favorite what? scene as a child. What are you talking when, about? When he turned when into it, a gargoyle, I hated when he turned into a gargoyle because he like flies up. He's fine. He's covered in cement. All of a sudden, he flies up. He's fine, and then he gets up there, and then he turns into a gargoyle. Closer
1: oh, to the he sun, dries quicker. Yeah. Okay. Cure
0: all to yeah. the okay. cement. Come on, sun Brad. Issue. I was like this isn't Thank you. I, I do, was like do, this do. isn't the like issue I'm going to take with this.
3: <laughs> I mean I wouldn't die that wouldn't have been one of my worst scenes or anything from this movie but I did I was like oh, okay yeah of course you're going to fly up there and turn to a gargoyle.
4: And
1: then of course the New York New York song at the end is very New
3: York. Well, the New York New York oh, song is very New with York. Brainy
0: gremlin, yeah.
1: We also have some bad guy stereotypes. The bad gremlin leader has a mohawk. His name is Mohawk. Right? Yeah. And then every time you see the bad gremlins, you hear heavy metal, which would have been bad at the time.
0: All of the bad women, and I'm including the female gremlin in this, are like kind of like horny, like like super like sex creatures. Like what is up with that? Like his boss marla bloodstone tries to give him like kind of like a foot job like oh like over the pants in that restaurant i was like what is happening here
2: oh my god Uh, i didn't and i do (laughs) (laughs) i've glossed over that scene since i was 10 so i just totally forgot about it
3: her explanation for going after her boyfriend (laughs) is just like yeah i took a shot sorry my bad you know it happens and she's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's fine." I
1: was like, We're "What to this in the 80s?" Oh my I gosh, guess so.
3: Yeah. When he lies about going out with her that night, I was like, "This is this is such an easy thing to explain." I know. It's like I have Why to go lie? Out with my boss. I'm sorry.
0: Billy is so incompetent in this movie. Correct. It drives And me in crazy. the last scene, I'm like like it, yeah, just in general as a character, the fact that like he tries to hide from Kate that he has Gizmo when Kate knows exactly who Gizmo is. I'm like, she knows what gremlins are. She was in Gremlins 1. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not even a new actress, Billy.
2: And she knows Gizmo. She knows so when Gizmo. she uses oh, the goofy gremlin I'm like, for Gizmo, How could you come mix on. the two up? <laughs> Gizmo suddenly got a lazy eye and a buck tooth. Come on. Right, I mean, it's been six dude. years since
3: they've seen him.
0: Suddenly, suddenly, (laughs) six
2: years, you could do that? I don't know.
0: I thought that Billy's plot to melt all of the gremlins using um, electricity, (laughs) electricity gremlin was like the dumbest thing I'd ever heard, but then it worked.
2: (laughs) Agreed. Kate, it worked. It's the smartest thing in this movie.
4: <laughs> it probably was. It,
2: it is Can't the be. number one
4: smartest thing of this entire movie.
2: Is you make an electric yeah. gremlin and you use him to kill the other gremlins after drenching you them in water. use their
1: strengths against the them. the best
2: part. What are you talking about? Other than the back. Gremlin turning into a
1: gargoyle, Oh my god! Of with the Batman that's logo as he exits the building. Attack.
2: Well, again, 1990, Batman, biggest thing going right now. Like, yes. and and Warner Brothers, come on, marketing, oh marketing, marketing, and satire. That's what that is
0: with these gremlins. But before we move on to like the specifics of like the, of the various gremlins that we have, like, can we please talk about Getty Watanabe's character? Like, like if if he's got an arc well, I know. Meg, you're going to have it he has an arc okay
1: okay the hollywood dream he starts off as a stereotype he's an asian photographer tourist and that's that's his uh drive that's his motivation in this movie is to take video but then at the end well towards the end right fred the 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 guy who hosts his creepy horror show on in clamp in clamp enterprises clamp Building, whatever yeah
4: Clamp. he's yeah.
1: like hey i want to be an actual reporter and he's like you you're good with a camera you're gonna be my camera guy and he gets to actually report on the news through his camera lens which i think is a cool arc for this character right he starts as a stereotype he gets to have an actual serious i don't know job or function in the movie and Definitely. then Clamp hires them both, right, to, like, run his yeah. <laughs> run his news now, which I'm like, okay, good. This guy gets taken seriously. Great. I think that's a nice end to his arc.
2: Agreed. He's got a bright career in journalism ahead that's of him. That's right. I think it's wonderful.
3: And Clamp turns around. I was expecting that guy to be a Even dick Clamp. the whole time. And he true. turns it around.
0: You know, I do think that Clamp, as, like, eccentric billionaire, actually pretty fun. <laughs> He's very fun. agreed.
2: He has some great scenes, which I hope to talk about. We will. Yes.
0: Of all of the myriad gremlins that we have, do you guys have a favorite? I do. Ooh. Do I get to go first? Because I already know.
1: Yeah, yeah do I for it. <laughs> okay. Mine's the salad gremlin. I love the salad gremlin.
2: Best design.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Best design. Love the design.
1: It is so fun to look at and see how they used vegetables to create this lettuce. Monster.
2: And it's fun to watch him pop up, like transform from the gremlin part to a vegetable. That's a really fun part.
1: Yeah, he, this gremlin doesn't do very much. I think he shows up at the salad bar, which is horrifying. Yeah. I love how
2: beautiful this Gremlin
1: looks. They have a salad Gremlin
2: <laughs> only to have the salad bar scene. He
1: looks just like Uma Thurman in uh, Batman number three or four, whatever it <laughs> you're, is. You're right. I think that's yeah. Four. four. Yeah.
2: It's four. Thanks. Forever. That's how yeah, you remember it. It's
1: forever.
3: Yeah. Okay, right. No, that's three. Oh, no, three. three. It's three oh, okay, ever. It's
2: three. Four and Robin. Batman forever is the third one. That's how I remember it. Batman three ever, <laughs> four and Robin.
0: I do love electricity gremlin (laughs) because I love that he drinks a serum and then becomes a being of light. (laughs) It's amazing.
2: It's pretty awesome. It makes no sense, but I love it. And as you know, it doesn't make any sense.
0: And, I mean, the ending, nice. I was like, okay, sure. But, like, the the fact that he's just, like, a lightning bolt gremlin, I just love it. It's so fun. I love when he's <laughs> stuck on hold. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. You can get
2: trapped in a singular phone I'm on nightmare. hold. I, I will say, back Gremlin is maybe my favorite real gremlin variation because I found that to be the scariest when I was a child. Like, that was oh, really? legit scary to me when I first saw this movie. For whatever reason, maybe because it was good fly and like there was no escaping it. But I will say, I think if my favorite gremlin, I think I I'm gonna try to cheat a little and say it's Rambo Gizmo.
3: Oh, oh. okay, that is fun.
2: I love Rambo obsessed Gizmo. I think that's super hilarious, and I love that he's like. They have a training montage for him as if it's not like four hours away that he has to like get to work as if <laughs> lifting weights now is going to do is. anything for him.
0: I like his cute little bandana. He's very it's cute awesome. as Rambo. Yeah.
2: But Gizmo rules, man. Like, what am I going to say? Like,
0: He's so cute and he's hardly in this movie.
2: Yeah, I know. It's...
3: Yeah, he disappears for a while. What's the main bad gremlin?
1: Mohawk. Mohawk? Mohawk.
2: He, he yeah. turns into spider gremlin?
3: You yeah. You can
1: tell by his mohawk.
3: Right, of course. Yeah, I mean, that (laughs) one's... That's the only one that actually looks scary to me, is... And that... I was like, ooh, if I saw this as a kid, that would legit freak me out.
1: Yeah, he's the only one not
0: taking this Looney Tunes vibe seriously.
4: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) He's
0: very menacing. He's the one who's probably the most menacing. I think the others are just trying to get into hijinks, whereas he actually seems like he would kill people. Yeah.
2: Well, that follows Definitely. the formula of the first one, though, right? He's like, very we have reminiscent. One, we have our big bad and then his minions who love to watch Snow White and the Seven Doors.
1: All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we can come back and talk about our favorite jokes of the movie and our favorite horror moments. Well, we're back. And since we have some special guests on our show, why don't we do this next segment, Kate, in the style of their show? Everybody does their bottom three, and then everybody does their next top joke or whatever. And then we all say our top one.
3: So we're doing our top three, like our top three uh, best horror and best comedy scenes?
1: Yeah, you can pick what we do first. How about that, because you're the guest, oh. so guess is always right.
3: Guess is always right.
1: I guess that's a thing, right?
2: Uh, it's outdated in restaurants, that's for sure. It Plenty
4: is. Plenty of restaurants
2: are like, "Fuck you, you're having it our way." I or love you it. Get fucking lost. I do too. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs>
3: uh Well, I'll go with uh favorite horror moments because we've actually already, I think, discussed a couple of my favorite comedy moments. So going from are we saying three to one?
1: Let's say three to one. Three to one. We're a we're a pessimistic podcast, not like yours.
4: <laughs>
1: High on film. A reminder to the audience is an optimistic podcast. Ours is not, so we're going to start low.
3: <laughs> thank you for, thank you for clarifying. That's important. So I found the third best horror moment to be, and we discuss this a little bit. Kate being attacked in the elevator is a great campy scene where things are just flying out of the walls at her in the elevator. And then it just crashes down and just squishes all of them. And this amount of juice that flows up from underneath (laughs) her is great. It is. It is great. That scene I loved. I thought it was great. Great horror. Great camp. Just checked all the boxes.
1: And those old bitches don't help her. (laughs) They just are like, we'll get the next one. Like, if I saw an elevator like this, I would definitely exit the building. But help her first. Oh, I'm
4: gone. Sprinting.
2: (laughs) I have a lot of debate for my number three horror moment. Because I don't really consider this a horror movie. Uh, I don't think it's really scary at all. Well. So I kind of want you guys to go and then I'll just... What, if If you take one of mine, then I can limit it. I can narrow it down a little better. but
1: I'm gonna go next, then. My number three, it's not necessarily a moment. It's just the sheer number of gremlins that are created in the middle of New York City. It's terrifying. How does one deal with such a force of nature? I don't know. I guess it's electricity.
2: Well, yeah. will you black out? Right. <laughs> the windows they show
1: us
2: (laughs) you make them think it's nighttime
1: (laughs) but before we get to that point it just seems so insurmountable and I found that to be actually scary as a kid I I remember thinking how is this gonna work there's no way for them to get out of this and then of course they do yeah
2: it's zombie methodology right it's like it's not one or two it's the masses
0: Similarly, I'm going to say that this is not a moment, but just a, the general vibe of the corporate dystopia that Billy works in, <laughs> um, not great, right? They're like watching them all at their desks. They have these like video screens where they can check in on them and then their identification badges with all their info. Very Big Brother was not into it.
2: No personal items allowed. Yeah. A drawing.
0: <laughs> she just like moves into the trash can. It's so rude. All right, Maxwell, that's you.
2: Oh, it's me. Okay. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, I have to decide. Mm. Can I can I cheat again and say the special effects? Yes. I think are really good. Yeah. I because I I was debating between both the hatching of the cocoons, which looks awesome, and the melting effects of all the gremlins yes. at the end, where they're just melting off their skeletons, looks so good, and it's like the epitome. Of what I love about 80s early 90s horror is just the practical effects in stop motion man they look so damn good I I, I'll take it over CGI any day and this movie does not skimp on them one bit it looks awesome
1: yeah I had both of those on my horror list as well I did too
0: yes
1: I had so I want you guys go first
0: I had the Cronenberg body horror as like- Yes, my, Cronenberg's
2: a great way.
0: Yeah. It was on my backup list. Yeah. Um, that was one of my top ones. So I'll go next and say that another of my top moments was when the gremlin gets paper shredded by Clamp in his office. <laughs> yes. My number,
2: yeah. two. number two. My yeah. number two. Oh!
0: <laughs> that was on my
1: backup. Yeah.
2: So good, so bloody, so awesome.
0: Yeah, that one was great.
3: <laughs> I loved it. I loved how disgusting it was. <laughs> I didn't expect it to go that way either. I kind of assumed that the, what's Clamp, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Clamp was going to die in that scene. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, great. He'll go. This will be, and then <laughs> just puts it through the paper shredder. Like, this is fantastic. This, this is, is a great actually, use of like, camp
0: love Clamp because he like actually is like gonna paper shred this motherfucker he like just actually goes through with it and it's amazing
2: <laughs> I, I might be wrong on this but I think this is the first time you're on his side
0: I think yeah. so where you're like yeah, yeah
2: go Clamp yeah. and you're like am I rooting for this guy
3: well I figured he was gonna be the big bad in the movie or one of yeah, the yeah. big bads in the movie and the fact that they it would have made a lot of sense especially for the 90s early 90s for the yuppie you know rich guy to be the bad guy and they turned it and he's not in the end he's actually he, he has an arc he and does. he changes and i was very surprised that's that was honestly one of the most surprising things in the movie to me because i just assumed they would do what every other movie made in 1990 did with a character like that And they did it i was impressed
1: he is a lovable billionaire as <laughs> most were posited <laughs> all those
2: lovable billionaires they were lovable in the
1: 80s (laughs) (laughs) 90s 80s yeah this scene was definitely on my backup list but uh, my number two was just gizmo resurfacing like poor Phoebe Cates realizing oh fuck Billy is dealing with gizmo again fuck this is my whole life like
2: (laughs) this horror moment?
1: I
0: was like man I feel so bad for you Phoebe Cates (laughs) you're about to go through all this mayhem again you guys, you have to understand that when Megan and I watch these movies, we feel so much existential dread about situations that you just cannot get out of in your life. And sometimes they have more to do with like family or like your boyfriend has like just this creature who's just always going to be around. And your
1: boyfriend is a fucking idiot and you kind of are too. So you don't really know how to deal with it. You're like, neither of us
0: are smart enough to handle this.
2: Well, we covered my number two. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're, we're up to number one. I guess I'll go. My number one was the dentist scene. That Ugh. actually scared me as a child. It's scary. Yeah, I don't hate the dentist. But anytime you're strapped to a chair with uh, phone cords, come on, Billy, and somebody is holding a metal tool that they're gonna put into either your mouth or your eyes or your or your nose anything on your face it's just (laughs) elevated right like that's horrifying the thought that this crazy googly eyed gremlin is just gonna get to have his way with you strapped to a chair with a an instrument of destruction is pretty horrifying
3: that scene just missed my top three just missed my top three
2: uh my number one we've already talked about as well it's back, gremlin the transformation was literally the scariest thing when I was a child. I it stuck in my mind so much, so vividly because it was a gremlin who could really fuck you up from the air. <laughs> like there was no escaping it. Like you could get a bat or whatever and it, there was birds are too hard to kill. Is what I'm saying. So
1: Yeah, the thought of a gremlin escaping with wings and isn't affected by sunlight, is actually really scary. What if he gets wet? Terrifying. What's going to happen to those? Are those little gremlins going to be okay with the sun? Are they going to have wings? Who the fuck knows?
2: There's water and concrete, so thank God it dried so quickly because he got so close to the sun so that oh the <laughs> abscesses didn't appear on his back.
0: <laughs> my number one was when Mohawk turns into spider gremlin spider mohawk gremlin because I thought that like similarly to bat gremlin like just the character design it was like really spooky like with all his legs and like crawling up the wall in the building just really creepy I think that if I had seen this during a formative childhood (laughs) viewing experience I would have found that to be the scariest thing
3: I would have definitely had a different opinion on this movie if I would have seen it as a kid. Like, I would have loved certain scenes way more as a kid. I would have been way more afraid of it as a kid. Uh, Because, I mean, my number one scene is, it's the one scene that actually made me jump watching it. And it's just a quick thing, but the gremlin coming through the control board.
0: uh, Mm, Yes. yeah, Legit made
3: me jump. I was like, oh, you got me. Okay,
0: you got me. You got me.
3: Um, but that was, that's a good, that was a nice little scare that didn't see it come in and it was, it was intense. Got me good.
1: We were able to come up with top three horror moments in a movie that is barely horror. So we should have no problem coming up with our top three moments in jokes. Littered with jokes.
0: I'm going first so I can steal one of the Do good it. ones. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> In the control booth when they're asking about all the rules and they're just like, hey, wait a minute. And then they get attacked. I love it. Such a good moment right. because, so good. I mean, as uh, our listeners will remember when we covered Gremlins 1, Megan and I had so many gripes with these ridiculous rules. And so I love that, you know, Joe Dante was like, yeah, let's just let's just spoof this directly. Yeah. In this movie. It's so satisfying.
3: Yeah, that was one of my favorite comedy scenes too. It's so funny. They're just patronizing him. They w- even leave the scene. You're like, oh, that's over. They're making fun of him, and they come back to it, and they're still just
0: they're still ripping, <laughs> totally yeah, ripping it into that.
3: him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I respect it.
1: Was that your number three, Brad?
3: That's actually my number two.
1: Oh, okay. So, got so
3: we're Brad's jumping around two. a little bit, but yeah. I figured I'd comment on it. But yes, that was my number two.
2: My number three is also self-aware. It is the Phoebe Kate's. Do you know why I don't like uh, Lincoln's birthday? Uh, says? fantastic. It's, so it's one of the best self-referential jokes. Brad and Kate, uh, you've seen oh, Kate, you've seen Gremlin's one. Brad, have mm-hmm. you've seen Gremlin's one?
3: I've seen Gremlins. I saw it when I was I don't know.
2: oh
4: wow,
3: eleven years old or something. I haven't seen it in years, but I did read up on it. So I do know that that was obviously a reference to because I, I read to catch up on it because I hadn't seen it in so long. I read the Wikipedia page. And when I got to that point in the plot where they explained that that was her backstory, I did a double take. I was like, wait, what did I just read? That comes out of fucking left field.
0: <laughs> it does. It doesn't make any sense in the movie either.
3: I, I, I'm sure it oh, does because in the Wikipedia page, it blew
2: my mind. Hard. <laughs> Uh, it yeah, makes great. great sense in the movie. It's so good. Arguably, top three scenes of Gremlins One. Oh, okay. Oh, it's all a right, great well.
0: scene. It just comes out of nowhere.
2: Kate's acts the hell out of it. Phoebe <laughs> brings the heat in this scene. It's so good. Not and right. this one spoofs it <clears throat> so perfectly. Just just mwah, Chef's kiss <laughs> of like Lincoln's birthday. And then she gets interrupted. It's it's so good. It's such a nice little reference.
1: I wish it had been like a penny on the floor that they had seen. I wish it'd been really like something a little more random and like (laughs) insane, like I can't I can't pay with pennies because (laughs) blah blah blah. I don't know. It
3: felt pretty random in this one. It came out of (laughs) nowhere. What's not
2: random in this movie? The neighbors show up in New York the same time that the gremlins get out, like
1: Of course. Of course.
2: It's convenience across the board.
1: My number three was Christopher Lee as a uh, creepy mad scientist, just in general. I'm sorry if that's cheating, but God, he's so deadpan funny in this. I just love his character. I love him trying to reason with the gremlins. Like, I'll give you I'll give you germs and diseases if you just work with me. (laughs) Like that's something Uh, that they would
3: want. Such a funny scene. That's a great scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah. His whole lab is just insane. And we've talked about the bottles where it's like, there's a picture on the bottle and that's what happens. Like you have to figure it out from the picture.
2: (laughs) Pictograms.
1: (laughs) I uh, think it's so funny how he, he gets killed by his own creation essentially. And I was legitimately sad when he died (laughs) because I love Grizzly. Number two, who wants to take it? We already heard... Yes.
3: My number two was the talk.
1: You should do your number three.
3: The scene where one of the gremlins, they spill the beaker. They spill like a beaker on him. He pretends to be burned, but then it's near the end. And then he's fine. And he just like pops the mask back up over his face. Like the little.
2: The Phantom of the Opera gremlin.
3: Yes. For some reason, his. I'm saying his take on that as if that was an actor but uh, that scene
1: that puppets take on that scene. that
3: puppets acting choice was great in that scene I, I don't know why i found it funny but he just like that bit of acting like you're being burned by acid and then just like nope i'm cool it he's was not
2: cool his bones are showing bro. yeah it's oh, hard well to then see he's amongst not the that gremlin affected makeup but he's not fine
3: well, he seems okay. He's laughing about it.
2: Well, because Kremlins are Agents of Chaos and like that kind of thing. So.
3: <laughs> this podcast now has a drinking game. Every time Chris says Agents of Chaos, you
2: drink. <laughs> All right.
1: Now go back and listen to the podcast from the start. Yeah. Start the from game.
2: the beginning. Yeah. People Here's started right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just jump right in. Here in, in, in the now. middle. In Meteor, back to the top. That's how our listeners yep. do it.
2: Cool. Uh, lovely. Your editing is awesome.
0: All right. So who's number two is next? I'll go. Um, I do love when we first see the sexy lady gremlin in her bridal dress. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. I like, I love her. I think she's such a fun character, and I know that she kind of rapes that guy at the end. But like, yeah, right before she <laughs> no,
1: rapes
2: the assistant. You <laughs> know, I've thought about it. He kind of consents at the end with his breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it is a little. Yeah, but why does
3: he consent?
2: Right, he's been kind of bullied into it.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's stuck in a bathroom. No one can rescue him.
2: But he he takes the moment to look at us all and go. You know what? I'm going to do it.
0: He d-
1: and he does. This is true. Where'd he go, he buddy. Does. We've talked about the ways he could have killed her, and he chose not to.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, why can't he take her? Brad, he's about to.
0: <laughs> Zing. I thought it was funny. I think it would be a perfect couple's Halloween costume to have. Yes. Oh girl my be- God. <gasps> to have your Kate. girl be a like lady bride gremlin and then a ripped up dude. <laughs> I'm
2: so excited to ask a future girlfriend to dress up as a lady gremlin.
0: Right? <laughs> I think it's great. I'm I sure was, I they'll
2: love it. Love it. Uh, we mentioned mine. I hope I'm not stepping on toes. It might be stepping on toes. It's the film breaking
4: mm. and Hulk yes. Hogan
2: coming out and saying, listen, yeah. brothers, you gremlins, <laughs> get this movie started or you're going to be in Hulk <laughs> trouble or whatever he says.
0: And one know, of the hand lines. puppets that the Gremlins does is uh, Abraham Lincoln, and it's like yes. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah,
2: but the Gremlins are police, and Hulk. We call him Hulk. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Hulk. Hogan. Yeah. The Hulkster, yeah. Hulkster comes in. Hulkster. Yes, bullies yeah. him into yeah. the movie call? back on. I think it's such just a hilariously of the time scene. It's such a huge breaking of the wall. The movie literally stops in the theater. It's so funny. I mean, it, it is the campiest thing about this movie, and that's why it is my number two.
1: My number two was actually a horror moment for Kate, I think, right? It's the, it's Clamp. It's it's the workplace. And literally, oh, yeah. Clamp, the logo, is on the whole fucking world. It's like squishing the world <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> into a donut. I, I think Billy is like, hey, can we do blah, blah, blah in here? And he's like... Bill, there is nothing we can't do in this building. (laughs) Why? It's so (laughs) ominous. You know, they're always watching you. The guy on his smoke break, you know, he gets
0: fired for taking an extra break. I forgot about that. It's so
1: uh, authoritarian, right? Like like you said, with the plan. Like, I found that all very funny. It's
2: an awesome movie for corporate sabotage. (laughs) Though unintentional on the character's part, you're rooting for the gremlins to fuck this place up. Because they're so terrible and just yes. like ripe for chaos. Agents of chaos.
4: There you go. Nope. Take, <laughs> a, take
2: drink. a drink. Oh, good. Everyone's playing. <laughs> hey,
3: a minute now.
1: Mine was water, but I did take a drink. Are we all done with number twos? I don't even know. Who are we anymore? I, I can't tell where we are.
0: I think we're on to number one. I think that we're we got to see our top moments. Yes.
1: Okay. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal number one. Uh, The shit they say over the intercoms makes me awesome. laugh every time I hear anything over the intercoms. My number one favorite intercom moment is the fire alarm. The fire alarm is so unalarming that Marla doesn't even realize a fire has happened. She's like, where is everybody? We're still working. Here's the text from the fire alarm. I'm going to read it and hopefully I don't ruin it. Fire, the untamed element oldest of man's mysteries (laughs) giver of warmth destroyer of forests right now this building is on fire yes the building is on fire (laughs) leave the building enact the age-old drama of self-preservation and exit the building
3: oh Oh, i didn't even catch all of that when i i'm so happy you brought that up because that's that's fucking hilarious that's so funny
1: I think that's probably my favorite moment of the movie, and I die laughing every time I watch it.
3: Excellent choice. I totally missed that, and that's so funny.
0: I feel like my top one was like kind of similarly subtle. It wasn't like overt gremlins' hijinks. It was when the gremlins are overrunning the building and the CCN TV is going off the air. They have their going off the air message that says, <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed life. Fucking funny. I just love that they're like, this is it, guys. (laughs) This is the end times.
2: I mean, I have two things to note here. One, one of my favorite announcements is Casablanca now in full color and with (laughs) a happy ending. Now in full color, now with a happy ending. That's
4: what it is.
2: So good. I'm sorry, just to skip ahead, but but Kate said it. Like, I love it. My favorite comedic moment of this is that Clamp has an end of civilization video. Ready to be broadcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is so true and hilarious and just just perfect in all the worst ways. It's so good.
1: That just leaves you, Brad.
3: Yeah, my number one is actually the Leonard Malton scene.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, that one's really good. Yeah. Oh, I love that one.
3: It's really good and it really felt like when that scene happened, I knew how far we were going to break the fourth wall. Like we're <laughs> referencing the movie within the movie. Uh, or is he talking about the first one or whichever? He's talking I can't about the talking first, first one. He's talking yeah, about the yeah, first one. Yeah. Same thing. So yeah, but him, him giving a terrible review of it and then getting taken by gremlins is fantastic. And I love me some Leonard Maltin. Great. Grew up with him, you know, him, Siskel and Ebert were like, the big three. So, yeah, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> and I really appreciated how that set us up for really just demolishing the form.
0: This is a new segment that we are calling 10th Dentist, where we are going to go around the room and make a case for why we think a particular sequel is better than the original. There's no voting. There is voting, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) it's loose. We're just going to make some points and uh, tell us in the comments if you agree with us or if there is a sequel that we didn't think of.
1: Yeah, we're basing this game off of a Reddit thread, and so usually the sequel isn't better than the original, but we each have found a sequel that we think is better than the original, and if we're the 10th dentist, that means nobody else agrees with us.
2: (laughs) I love this theory, by the way. I love it.
1: Um, Now, I didn't want to fuck this up like I did last time with Gravity, where... uh, we talked the whole episode about how Gravity was a horror movie, hence why it was on our podcast, and then it became my horror movie, right, to convince you all of, and then I fucked it up, because I was bad at bad at the debate <laughs> aspect. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick Gremlins 2 this time, even uh, though I, yeah, wholeheartedly believe it is my favorite sequel of all time.
2: They're so different, it's hard for me to put them on the same scale. Sure, I would yeah. honestly, I think I put them on equal footing, but for different Whoa. reasons. All right, because I I love the first Gremlins. I really. Oh do. Oh my god, maybe I should. But like, gone I have the same it, reservations. Folks. But no, 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 let's get into it.
1: Well, I plan on fucking this game up again, so <laughs> I think I should start it.
0: Great. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> let's great. Get into it. Sounds perfect.
1: Let's get. Let's see if I'm the tenth dentist or one of the nine. My sequel that I think is better than the original and is one of my favorite sequels of all time is Batman Returns. Just uh, going off of your faces. I can't tell if you already agree with me or hate me. I don't know. Yeah. I might already be the ninth dentist instead of the 10th, but (laughs) Batman Returns, man.
2: I I think you're like number two or three dentist on this.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, Batman Returns. I mean, I love Jack Nicholson. I think Jack Nicholson makes an excellent Joker. But you cannot beat two villains. And the two villains are Catwoman and Penguin, played by Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito, who basically carry, I think, carry the movie. I think carry Batman Returns. And the villains are just so much more fun in Batman Returns.
2: You even have a minor villain... Played by Christopher Walken.
1: Yeah. The cast is fucking stellar.
2: He utters my favorite Christopher Walken line ever, which is Bruce Wayne, what are you doing dressed up as Batman?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is really good.
3: (laughs) It's a phenomenal line. It's the (laughs) Twitch Michelle Pfeiffer
2: Replies. He is Batman, you idiot. It's, it's so good. It's such an unbelievable exchange.
3: I'll never know if Christopher Walken had no idea he was playing <laughs> Batman and if that is an honest reaction because it's Walken. Any other actor I'd be like, "No, he's acting." But I love that
2: hypothesis.
4: I love
3: I... that hypothesis. It's, I, I wanna put that out into the world and have it be a real thing because man, that would be the fucking best.
0: Oh man, that's like Tom Cruise not knowing he was being filmed for interview with a vampire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he does not know he's being filmed for the Mission Impossible movies. He does not. No. He absolutely does not. Uh, Scientology sends him on missions and they film it.
3: Yeah. It's a, it's a documentary
0: <laughs> megan you're not gonna get any dissent from me i stop it i agree with you i think that i it's i great. completely i completely agree the first one does a really fun job with the set i think nicholson is the joker is incredible it's got that amazing prince soundtrack but i still think that the second one is better oh,
1: i'm not into prince it's fine Ugh. sorry guys <laughs> It's not his best album. Terrible, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, probably
2: not.
3: I mean, I'll I'll do respect dance. It's not. I mean, I still probably like original Batman better, but I totally, totally buy what you're selling. Like, it's they're very close.
1: You picked Batman, so that makes me the tenth dentist to you, right? I didn't completely fuck this up this time. No. uh, Great.
3: To me, it's a pretty close call like they're both really good but i just slightly prefer original batman but i i think it's a very good argument for a sequel being better
1: what about you maxwell
2: about batman or about my own choices
1: yeah which one's better will you agree with me or not
2: honestly uh both the burton batman films are so high on the batman list for me it's hard for me to really distinguish uh, if i if i go with my head i say the first one if i go with the heart it's batman returns well mm-hmm. all it's right it's
0: beer
3: <laughs> and if he goes with anything else it's batman and robin
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just like joel schumacher <laughs> yep
0: because
2: <laughs> he definitely went with something else with making batman and robin definitely <laughs> bat nipples
1: give him room to grow
3: that totally. nipples i mean but definitely something you
2: assumed would be said on this something podcast. was on that man's mind hard to pinpoint what though
1: but okay i don't want to get into the nipples i'm just wondering <laughs> <laughs> how did he know where they would sit <laughs> like that's really a, specified
2: well it wasn't just the nipples design. on the suit it was all the muscles and everything yeah, so they like that too, they designed the whole nipples chest are so plate.
4: small right
2: <laughs> Yeah, but they were oh, in yeah. the context of the chest plate. George Clooney's body did not alter what the chest plate looked like. No. <laughs>
4: Those Important are
2: literally stuff.
1: his muscle ripples. No, they All were right. not. well I got two and a half votes yes and two and a half votes no. So Five I'm votes? Gonna... How
3: many votes? <laughs>
1: Wait, I, I mean one up. and a half. I'm sorry, it's late, guys. <laughs> one and a half votes yes, and one and a half votes no. I don't think I win. Like if I, if there were actual rules, but for there this is game. no winning.
0: There's no winning, huh? Megan. There's you no. You know what I mean? Either. I know.
2: <laughs> it's a good choice. All
0: right, who's next? I'm next because we already talked about male nipples, and my movie is <laughs> Magic Mike XXL.
3: <laughs> oh, great segue. That's a that's an all timer
1: You got to sell me on this one, Kate. Let's hear it.
0: (laughs) All right. I think that Magic Mike XXL is better than Magic Mike because it is way more fun, for one thing. It has the one last ride element to it where it doesn't have the serious, am I going to stay in stripping or am I going to start my career? He's already got a career. He knows he's not going to strip forever. He's just got like one last outing with the guys. And so the emotional like drama and stakes are like gone. It's just like a fun buddy romp movie with a lot of stripping in it. Also it's picaresque, which I love that this movie is because they're just trying to get from point A to point B in between. They're stopping at various locations to strip or flatter women. Like it's just a total fan service of a plot. It's, Doesn't have all of the extraneous elements from Magic Mike One, where there's like drugs and trauma. (laughs) Magic Mike One, Steven Soderbergh was like, I'm gonna make a real movie that's it was good for some reason. The second one though, I mean, Big Dick Richie is stripping in a convenience store high on Molly. Like you're not getting that in Magic Mike (laughs) One. That's right.
3: Big Dick Richie.
0: (laughs) Yes. There's the drag queen scene. All of the dance sequences are longer in the second one than they are in the first one. Megan, you stopped watching this movie before the end, and the end is the best part because it's when they make it to the stripper conference. This conference doesn't even have a name. It just says on the marquee, stripper conference.
4: (laughs) That's some
3: Gremlins 2 type camp right there. That's fucking awesome.
0: It's just going for fun like and I'm like here I'm just here for it. I think that the first one is really good on its own, but if you're a person who's like oh I want to go see a bunch of actors stripping and having a good time.
2: Oh man.
0: Go watch Magic Mike XXL. Don't don't bother with the first one.
2: I did not get to finish it. I tried to watch it for you Kate. Oh I my god. The just...
0: ending is the best.
2: I'm going to get to it. I literally just ran out of time. I did not turn it off for lack of interest. I I got through the Joe Manganiello Backstreet Boys striptease in the convenience station. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. I fully intend on finishing it. I was having a good time. I do think the first one is very good. I have heard the reputation of this one being more fun and potentially better.
0: Come on. Say it. Uh, he doesn't agree. I can see it. I can see well, it. Well, I haven't
2: finished. <laughs> if the end is the best part, it's hard for me to say that this one's better.
1: Oh, This sorry. is how I'm, I'm going to win
0: all of you guys over. because It you know couldn't get
1: me it. to the finish line, so I had to give it a thumbs down. I really <laughs> liked the okay. first one a lot.
2: I'm thumbs up. I'm not thumbs down.
1: Okay. All Just right. <laughs> well, I'm a thumbs down.
0: God damn it. All right, Brad.
3: I don't know. I've seen parts of the original Magic Mike, and I haven't seen the second one. But I do know that the first one plays very melodramatic and the second one seems to not take itself as seriously, which to me seems like the right call. So I I, I, I can't officially say this without having seen it, but in my mind, I would be more excited to see the second one yes.
0: than the first okay. one. Okay, so now that the voting has concluded... For those of you who have seen it, isn't it crazy to watch it like today and be like Amber Heard and Jada Pinkett Smith are in this movie? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's another thing. I've seen both of them.
2: They're they're both in the first half hour or whatever, too.
0: I know. I I was rewatching it for this episode because I made my choice before rewatching it. And uh, then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, I'm not going to win this one, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's next?
3: Uh, I can go next. So I think Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story. I rewatched both of them today and I do. You changed your mind. I didn't change my (laughs) mind. I thought Toy Story 2 was much better than Toy Story before today. I was pretty convinced of that. After today, I do think they're closer. But I think Toy Story 2 with the backstory of Woody, of Woody's Roundup and bringing in Joan Cusack, who's not in the first one. So if you have Joan Cusack, you're already doing something right. His backstory and all that setup is brilliantly done, as is we get Buzz Lightyear a little bit with the Zerg. We get a little bit of his backstory too, which the first one, uh, it's very clever, but it's a, you know it's a little more surface level as far as the plot goes. But they do brilliant stuff in the first one for sure. I'm not taking anything away from that. The second one gives you one of those classic Pixar, I'm gonna cry my eyes out scenes. And uh, Toy Story 2 does that, and 3 and 4, where one doesn't give you that. One doesn't have that emotional scene. And it's the scene where um, you flashback to Jesse and you have Sarah McLaughlin singing the when, when Somebody Loved Me. And I will add this. In Toy Story, Randy Newman sings everything. And in the second one, he has other people sing his work. And it's better.
1: I like it's, Randy Newman. <laughs> I
3: like Randy Newman too as a writer. His singing gets a little ridiculous. And it's a little better when other people sing his lovely words. And in the second one, you also have Woody sing. You got a friend me in Woody's Roundup, which is also awesome. So it's close. I I think a lot of people would actually argue Toy Story 3 is maybe the best of the three. Though, while the end is fantastic, I think as a whole, Toy Story 2 is the most complete of the four Toy Story movies.
0: Okay, so I rewatched them in anticipation of this. And I do agree with you that the second one is better than the first one. And I I didn't think I was going to go in that direction. But I think that... The Jesse character is really good. And I think that the friendship between Buzz and Woody is really, really strong in the second one.
3: I totally agree. And actually, to add to that, one of my main things I like more about the second one than the first is the first one is they're at odds. And it's Woody, like, dealing with the fact that Buzz is there. And I like a lot more when they're friends. It's one of the better parts of the first one is when they, like, start teaming up. And in the second one, they're there the whole time. And in the second one, you have Buzz telling Woody he's a toy. When in the first one, it's Woody telling Buzz. And just the like how that comes around that they have they have both of those conversations in both movies is pretty brilliant how they flip that. I was pretty blown away by that.
0: I don't think Megan and Chris agree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I've always liked Toy Story too. I've never had a problem with any Toy Story movie. This is true. I feel like... Agreed.
3: They're all really good. Four is a little... Is the weakest. But, man, the ending crushed me.
2: Toy Story 4, Woody's (laughs) revenge. Yes,
3: the ending crushed me.
2: One is... I mean, one is always hard to beat because it's one. And three is hard to beat because of that damn existential crisis of an ending.
3: That kind of exists in two. Two is the where they're really like, if we're not his toy anymore than what are we? And that's Mm. really what drives Woody's whole like decision, whether or not he's going to go with the roundup gang. And it's really lovely in the end that his final conclusion is it's not going to last forever, but I'm willing to stick around to just be with it for as long as it does last. And it's pretty beautiful. Like the first one is so clever and so smart, but the second one really taps into that extra level of, like w- purpose for these toys sure and it, it goes to another level for me
2: all right that kind of pushes pushes my uh
1: megan's gonna Megan be
3: megan's not megan's
1: no i'm a fucking monolith <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i'll summarize it real quickly the first one is about existential growth for uh buzz and like a coming of age for woody almost right like realizing his actual place in the world the second one is about hoarding fuck the second one <laughs> it's about collecting toys and saving them endlessly and just keeping a bunch of shit around your house no i say no <laughs> brad
3: <laughs> well it's about selling it but yeah that's fine i understand he's trying to sell the stuff
1: of course toy sto- all the toy stories are great I, mm-hmm. I do agree, but um, I they really cannot. Are. I, I give it a thumbs down. Uh, I don't think it's better than the original, Brad. Sorry. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. Oh, totally fine. Totally fine. I, I, I really was really convinced when I said I would do Toy Story 2 that it was far and above the yeah. first one. And after watching the first one, I did still feel 2 is better, but it's much closer than I thought.
1: That just leaves Maxwell.
2: Guys, I, I really wrestled over this because for a while, I thought I was going to do Rocky 3, but I don't think it's better than one. I just, it's my favorite, the one with Hulk Hogan and more notably, Mr. T. And then I told you my choice.
1: Yes. And we watched it, Chris, uh, for great, you. Great,
2: great. And I'm still going to go with it.
4: All right. But, but there
2: was another <laughs> one I just want to mention because I thought of it later, but it's also super niche and I don't even know if anyone's ever seen it. But Return of the Killer Tomatoes is way better than Attack of the Killer Tomatoes.
1: I haven't seen either.
2: They're both unbelievably awesome, independent horror comedy films on their own. One is definitely done with a little more It's like Gremlins and Gremlins 2. It's a very good comparison. Two, Return of the Killer Tomatoes has George Clooney in it.
1: Oh shit. It's oh, also awesome. helps.
2: And it's a satirical masterpiece. But what I actually went with.
1: Yeah, we'll edit all this shit out because we don't care about killer
2: (laughs) Yeah, no one tell about Return of the (laughs) the Commandos. I decided to go with Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. And here's why. Can't wait. I've recently gone through every Friday the 13th movie. Every single one. I liked it as a franchise more than I thought I would. I did it concurrently with Nightmare on Elm Street. I thought Nightmare on Elm Street would be the, my top. Definitely not true. By a long shot. Friday the 13th is so much better as a franchise. Jason's awesome. It helps that he's not making stupid quips all the time. Like mm. a one Mr.
3: Kruger. So formal.
2: But uh, Friday the 13th is, uh, Part 6 is the first one to have campers at the camp like children campers not just camp counselor teens having sex so there's the a children child are having sex element <laughs> which
3: i love wait children are having sex no they're are not having employed?
2: sex they're camping they're 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 going to the mess hall they're weaving <laughs> <laughs> whatever campers do it's like the first they're day don't weaving? worry about what they're doing they're not having okay. sex <laughs> Good. The counselors good. are. Wait, you like Jason 6
1: because the kids are having sex with the counselors? No, I
2: like Jason on? 6 because the kids are in danger of being killed by Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, oh, good, 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 good. Oh,
1: wow. I, There's no like kids the in, totally in 1 to 5.
2: <laughs> There's no kids in 1 to 5. It's all just adults being killed by another maniacal adult or supernatural villain. Six. Kids can be killed by adults.
3: Are are they killed? Are kids killed? I don't think they are. I think the kids remain safe.
2: Missed opportunity. They
3: should have killed some kids.
2: But it's also, it is shot incredibly well for a part six of a 13 part franchise, 12, 11, somewhere in there. I don't remember where it ends. Jason X, and then there's 11.
0: Jason yeah. X.
4: Yeah, pretty much. I
0: Jason. love Jason X. I know. Yeah, you're gonna uh, have to convince us that this is better than Jason X.
4: <laughs> I can't believe Not I have to. Jason
2: Jason X is shot in a black box theater. This is actually <laughs> shot at a camp. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> it's the simplicity, Chris. The simplicity is one. And there's
2: it. unbelievable
1: there aren't shots. There are enough crop tops in this. There's one. plenty of crop
2: tops in this one. <laughs> uh, and and there's great cinematography. There are some iconic Jason shots in this film. Like him walking along the windows of a a cabin while the counselors hide and the campers hide inside. Unbelievable. So good. And my last point, I believe this is the first movie where Jason primarily adopts the machete as his weapon of choice.
4: Oh, well.
2: He has always used, found weaponry or objects in the area of the murder. This is the first one where he, I believe he takes it from some paintballers and uses it to kill people for the rest of the movie. I rest my case.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote yes, Maxwell. It is better, but not for the reasons you said. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, okay. I had different reasons. A win's
2: a win's a win's a win. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true.
1: <laughs> um, the first one I thought was actually pretty boring. Like, there's not a lot of murder. (laughs) There's not enough murder in it for me. Jason is not, he's not in it as much.
2: He's not in it.
1: Well, he's not in it, but the the figure of Jason. Yes. Which I I thought was a cool twist. Like, I was like, oh, this is a cool idea. Right. Uh, But the the movie itself is kind of boring. Whereas Six is like, hey, this movie is fucking weird. Like, this franchise is weird. This villain is goofy. Let's just go all in and be goofy. It's got a sense of humor. A lot of murder. Yeah. So I enjoyed watching it more. I don't know if I enjoyed it more than Jason X, but I did enjoy it more than the original.
2: You're crazy. Jason X is not good.
0: (laughs) It's terrible, but I love it. (laughs) All right. I'm not going to agree with you, Chris. Um, Ah! [3] Sorry. I...
2: I went horror for you guys and everything.
0: For personal (laughs) reasons, I watched Friday the 13th. That was the first horror movie I ever watched. Um, Uh, I was home alone. I was home alone when I was 10 years Uh. old. And I was like, what is this movie? And I put it on and scared the shit out of myself. And so (laughs) indelibly in my mind, the original Friday the 13th is like one of the scariest movies. I don't even want to go back and rewatch it because I don't want that illusion to be shattered. This movie was way more fun um, than I was expecting it to be. It it was like the quintessential 80s slasher movie, like everything that you could want in 80s slasher. Um, So I will totally give it credit that it's super fun, but for my own personal bias, it will never top the original.
2: Hey, that's the way I voted for Batman Returns. So I get it. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I haven't seen uh what is it part 6
2: yes jason Lewis.
3: Uh, yeah so i've only seen the first one or 2 I've definitely seen the first one but i trust your i trust your instincts uh so what you've both megan and kate have already given you a no no oh, i said i think yes. megan gave it so, yes. kate
1: said no <laughs> you're the deciding
2: factor oh, my so friend so it does
3: come down to me so i am the deciding factor
2: Oh man right to my left the podcaster of disaster
3: (laughs) because i haven't seen it and because i do think the twist of it actually not being jason in the first one is pretty brilliant i can't i can't accept your opinion chris i'm sorry i'm sorry
0: i can't do it amazing this was the 10th dentist and i think a really good addition to our segments oh yeah very stoked
1: We have one last segment, and it's a very special segment. It's actually borrowed from High On Film. The guys from High On Film are here, so we want to play it. This one's super fun. Yes, and I will let them explain it and hold the reins.
2: And now it's time for trash. Star. Destroy. All right, it's time for Trash Star Destroy, America's favorite podcast game. It's a veritable fuck, Mary kill of movies. We give you three movies of a similar ilk, and we ask you to make the hard decisions. One movie you'll have to trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to star in in whatever role your fragile actor ego would like to take for yourself. And the third movie, then, must be destroyed, which means the only version of it that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay.
0: Bad Boys 2 fame.
2: Boom. Will <laughs> Smith. Slap. <laughs> we like to present movies in a similar ilk. We will start with a category we like to call Double Dare because somebody's ending up getting slimed.
0: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yay. Run, run
2: them down for us. The three movies we have
3: where people get slimed, we have The Blob, Alien, and Ghostbusters. Trash. Star. Oh,
1: God. Destroy.
3: (laughs) The Stress.
1: Who's going to go first?
3: I can go first to give you some time to sit with this. So I will have to star in Ghostbusters. That's a no-brainer for me. What character I'm taking is tough. Though I think I'm going to be Ray. I think I'm taking the Dan Aykroyd role.
1: That'd be a good fit.
3: Yeah. I. He's so lovable. I.
1: <laughs> thanks.
3: I don't want to take away Harold Ramis. I don't want to take away Bill Murray. And I don't want to take away Ernie Hudson. I don't really want to take away Dan Aykroyd either. But that's, I think, the role that I could fill that would make potentially the most sense. So I'm going to star in Ghostbusters.
2: You come from a family of CPAs, if you don't want to be Rick Moranis.
1: <laughs>
3: I, I Rick Moranis is so perfect so as a, an accountant in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's great, perfect.
4: He's he was Kate's fave. Yeah. yeah, I love Rick
0: Moranis. <laughs> yeah, <for
3: me. laughs> he's and and I want to work with Rick Moranis too. Like I want to work. Uh, I think I want to work with all those people a little more than when I want to work with Dan Aykroyd, which is.
1: That's fair. Probably not going to be I guess it's not. Sorry.
4: But,
3: <laughs> well, but no, he's he's great in his own right. So uh, so I'm starring in Ghostbusters. I think I'm gonna give the blob to Michael Bay because I think Alien would take such a hit with him directing it. And then you still get Aliens. You're still in pretty good shape after that, which means the blob goes to bay.
0: There we have it. I want to go next.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stealing it. All right. I'm going to star in Alien as the Xenomorph because I don't want to ruin it. I can't act. So if I'm in a Xenomorph suit, I I can figure that out. Alien is perfect. Don't want to touch it. That's the, the way I can harm it the least. <laughs> I wanna give Ghostbusters to Michael Bay because I think there was a lot of room for improvement in Ghostbusters. Wow. I don't think Michael Bay will fix the horrible uh womanizer that is Bill Murray's character, but he'll at least no, he add won't. more. No, he won't. He'll elevate the ghosts he'll lean and it. their Antics! I'm gonna destroy or what is it? Uh, remove what? What was the third? Trash.
4: Well, yeah, (laughs) trash. trash Trash. I'm trashing.
1: I'm gonna put in the uh, Mac recycling bin the blob because I haven't seen it. That that's I haven't seen it, so I don't care if I never ever see it. So it gets trashed.
0: I'll go next. I am also going to star in Alien, but I don't care if I ruin it. I want to be Ripley because I want to be a
4: badass.
2: <laughs> Hell
3: yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Good call. We can be in it together, Kate.
0: Yes. There we go. <laughs> you know, I want to channel the gremlins and I want to be an agent of chaos and I want to trash Drink. Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I want to destroy Michael Bay the Blob. I think people like Ghostbusters too much. Listen to our Ghostbusters episode if you haven't already that's to get right. more of my hot takes on Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that it would be fun to see uh, Michael Bay with some probably too much CGI uh, effects on the Blob. But you know what? Let's do it Definitely. and let's just. But they might look pretty good. Yeah, might look pretty good.
2: He'll spend yeah. the money. He'll spend so the
0: money. That's where that's where I land.
2: This was tough for me because of two of these movies. I would uh, love to star in. Well, one I'd love to star in, but I just don't know if I see a role for myself. So I'm going to star in Alien. Move over As John Hurt. No. Move over John Hurt. I'm coming in the movie oh. with you guys.
0: Yeah. I am, I
2: am making cinema history and having an alien burst out of my chest first. Yes. In that scene. <laughs> Un. Undeniably, the role I am absolutely taking as Kane is that his name? Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
1: that means I get to burst out of your chest. That's right. (laughs) Wow,
2: what an honor! That's right. And then, unfortunately, because I do love Ghostbusters, I'm gonna trash it, and ideally, that makes way for. All these new Ghostbusters. 2016's Ghostbusters, which was unfairly maligned. The new Ghostbusters, somewhat fairly or unfairly <laughs> maligned. Well, both, I guess. And uh, yeah, Michael Bay's the blob. Agreed. Agreed with you guys 100%. Michael Bay might make a pretty awesome blob movie. Just terror raining down upon yes. a city with just a blob of goo rolling through. Yeah. yeah. Is Is there any better self-reflexive metaphor for a Michael Bay movie (laughs) (laughs)
3: excellent
1: point perfect
2: all right guys well if there's time we have a second category let's do it speaking of 1990 sequel culture here we go three sequels made well probably made in 1989 but released (laughs) in 1990 we'll do the movie we just watched gremlins 2 we'll do another movie i saw right around the time i first saw gremlins 2 and made a similar imprint on me predator 2 and we'll do the family favorite back to the future 3 part 3 i should say to be proper so trash star destroy gremlins 2 predator 2 back to the future part 3
3: I'm going to star in Back to the Future 3. I think I'm going to be Biff.
4: Awesome. Oh, <laughs> I
2: love this. I love this.
3: I want to work with Michael J. Fox. I want to work with Christopher Lloyd. So I'm going to be Biff. I actually find this to be a pretty easy decision for me, which therefore means Gremlins 2. What's the other movie?
2: Predator 2? Danny Glover, New York City.
3: Yeah. Ooh. I think I want Michael Bay to do a Gremlins movie. I think that's more fun to me than Michael Bay doing a Predator movie. He would probably, it probably fits him more to do a Predator movie, but I'm more intrigued to see him do a Gremlins movie. So Michael Bay gets Gremlins 2, and then I'm trashing Predator 2. A
2: pox on my head, not New York City. Los Angeles. Oh, Chris.
1: (laughs) We are the concrete jungle.
2: (laughs) It starts with a classic late 80s, early 90s los angeles gang war (laughs) i should have (laughs) remembered yep
1: i'm gonna uh i'm gonna star in gremlins 2 again to protect it because i think it's perfect (laughs) but i would take marla i think i could handle marla's level of involvement in this movie so i'll take her role michael bay can have predator 2 because i think it could have been better I do. I really do. And honestly, I don't think Michael Bay could make it any worse. I don't think Back Candy? to the Future. Remember that part? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'd have to keep that part.
3: <laughs> Required in the
2: contract. God willing.
1: I would get rid of um Back to the Future three because I don't I don't think it was very good. I didn't think it was very necessary. Great. Yeah. So I would just get rid of that one.
2: Wow. I think Back to the Future 3 is, again, unfairly maligned. I think it's a pretty <laughs> good cap to a franchise. Uh, that being said, I'm probably trashing it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Only because,
2: wow. Wow. only because I can't star in it. I don't want to take the Michael J. Fox role. I don't want the Biff role. I don't want to be an extra. I am going to star... In Predator 2. Danny Glover. I'm not.
4: You're
1: going to be Danny
2: Glover. Nope. Another another black man out of a job. No, no. Jesus Christ. I am taking the role of a crazy white man, either Gary Busey or I guess a regular white man, Adam Baldwin. I'll take either one of those roles. Oh, I
3: love Adam Baldwin.
2: But uh, like I said, I love this Predator movie. It's so fun. It's bad, but it's fun. And oh man, to be in the Predator movie where they give them the Revolutionary War gone and you're like, oh whoa, brother's aliens have been around forever. You see the alien skull, it's great. And then that means, ooh boy, Michael Bay gets to do gremlins too. <laughs> And I love this idea, especially because now Gremlins 2 is not in 1990. We have to wait for Michael Bay to become a director. So Michael, Michael Bay does not start making movies till like 1995. So, no, this is his first movie. So now movie. we're getting... No, 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 no. Oh, well, maybe actually. That's pretty good.
3: It would have to be now.
2: Yeah. Love it. Let's do it. He goes from Aerosmith videos to Gremlins 2. <laughs> like a director Perfect. should climb the ladder.
1: I, I mean, I feel like Gremlins 2 would have been a peak.
2: I don't know why I've been forcing corporate hierarchy in a movie like Gremlins. Such do. a suit. You love corporate hierarchy. I hate it. I sold out recently in my real life. So what am I going to do?
0: <laughs> I am going to star in Gremlins like Megan. But unlike Megan, I am going to be the lady Gremlin. <laughs> I'm going to be female gremlins. Yes!
2: <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Oh,
0: man, we have no scenes together. Oh. oh, well, we can still hang out on set. It's fine. I am going to trash Predator Two. Haven't seen it. Don't care. And <laughs> I'm going to destroy <laughs> destroy Back to the Future Three, uh, because I'm sure that it could use more explosions.
2: It's got kind of a decent amount. It's <laughs> still
1: not wrong.
0: Still not enough. Never enough for Mr. Bay. So I think we have to just commit to it. Wow,
1: this has been a party this has been quite a party. (laughs) And I can't think of a movie more deserving than Gremlins 2.
2: Which literally ends in a party.
0: That's right. A gooey party.
2: Gooey party. Gotta love a gooey party.
0: I had so much fun watching this movie with you, Megan, and so much fun talking with the guys from High on Film. I think that My opinion means a lot here because it was the first time I saw it as an adult and I would recommend that everyone go watch this. I think that it is a well, well well-deserved sequel. Super fun for our normal listeners. This is very light on the horror, very heavy on the comedy. So just temper your expectations in terms of gore and suspense. But I think that the satire and All of the fun hijinks are totally worth it.
1: I'm not even going to expand. You guys know how much I love this movie. Guys, what do you think? You hate it. You love it.
2: I love it. I told you that. It's amazing. I've loved it since I was a child. I I think you need to go in with the mindset of it being a very satirical comedy.
3: I liked it. Uh, I do think it's a movie I would have loved if I would have seen when I was younger. I think I would have loved it. I I respect it. I thought it was very well done for a campy, you know, breaking the fourth wall sequel. Uh, But overall, I thought it was good. I wouldn't say I loved it, but it was very good. Oh, wow. I enjoyed it.
1: We should not have ended with Brad.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You can edit this however you want.
2: No, no,
1: we're keeping it. We're keeping it, guys. Don't listen to Brad. He's just a guest. He doesn't matter. Um, but let's and lastly, what-
2: I <laughs> thought the movie was fantastic.
3: I don't matter. I absolutely don't matter.
1: <laughs> Brad and Chris, what would you guys like to promote?
3: Uh, well, we have two podcasts. Uh, one of them is called Death at Sunset, a uh, noir radio play podcast that we have two seasons out uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if uh, you could please check that out, uh, Detective Cases. Uh, we would love that.
2: Yeah, follow us on all the social media stuff. We both have Death at Sunset on Twitter and your podcast apps. High on film across all your social media accounts. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, we're on that still.
4: Those Spider- are the things? Beatles?
2: Yeah, they're all <laughs> evil. What am I saying?
3: They're, they're all ran by people who are terrible.
2: I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media accounts. There's the phrase I was looking for. Uh, that's Chris with an O in place of the I.
3: And I'm at BD Always GP in the same places.
1: And You guys know where to find us and join us next week for Cabin in the Woods.
2: Oh, so psyched Ooh, for that. Nice. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. This was not quite
0: dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at
1: NotQuiteDeadPodcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast.
0: Follow our blog for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.